Hey, what's up? What's up? It's your girls. I'm Rissy and I'm Shelves. And this is the podcast I totally relate. Well, oh my goodness, you guys. Welcome back to I Totally Relate. We are so excited to share a super fun interview with you guys. We have a very special guest with us. Oh my gosh. We have my best friend, she Dolly my best Parton. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. It's not Dolly Parton, but it is Dalton, who I love so much. You've heard me talk about her. You've heard her voice on our book clubs. Woo! <laughs> Dalton has been my best friend since I was 15 years old. She married my gross brother, um, and we're in-laws now. (laughs) Dalton has been with me through all of my adult life chapters, um, and she has been a solid rock in my life and in my family. I'm so excited to introduce Dalton to the podcast. Say hello. Hey, guys. I'm so happy to be here. So the reason why we're sitting down with Dalton is because she is a plethora of knowledge when it comes to money, credit. Dalton is a licensed CPA and um, has helped me personally throughout my own money and credit issues, I would say. Why don't you go ahead and tell us just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so... I have always been a math person, so numbers have always just been my jam. Um, So I ended up in accounting, and I love it. So I found my journey. I've gotten a master's degree in accounting. Um, I'm a licensed CPA, like you said. So there's been a long journey and a plethora of different classes and courses that you have to go through, whether it's taxes. So I have done years of taxes for mostly wealthy individuals, so that's fun. And then I've also been in the corporate accounting field for corporations and helping them through that different journey. So there's a lot of different directions that you can go, but money is money no matter where you're at. If it's an individual, it's important, or if it's a business, it's important. And understanding that Mm. is key and it's empowering for anybody. And so knowing how to work through your problems and how to build yourself and expand on that is kind of been my whole career it's been interesting so yeah okay what is the largest sum of money that you've worked with for somebody can you disclose that to us (laughs) (laughs) I mean yeah I've worked on like returns where they have millions of dollars it's mind-blowing you're like oh where does all this money come from so uh, (laughs) it just sets you right back in your place (laughs) I love that oh my gosh let's just visualize in the future when Dolly is I totally relates accountant and she's just like dealing with millions of dollars coming into our account. Yes, right? Queen. Yes. <laughs> Manifest it. Exactly. Write it down. <laughs> Yay. Today we wanted to specifically bring Dalton onto the podcast to talk to us about credit. What is credit? What do you do to repair it? What do you do to get closer to it and not be so afraid, right? And I'll just share some of my own personal experience to get us kind of in the groove of this money talk. With my upbringing, I was not educated a lot on, I guess, systems that our world runs by. 
you know, you turn 18 and now you're considered this like legal adult. And there's a lot of responsibility that that entails. Taking you back to uh, like 18 year old Shelb, I had gotten a head injury during a wakeboarding accident and I was taken to the hospital to get some staples and things like that. I didn't grow up in a home that had insurance and I don't really know. I didn't I don't I didn't know what the process was with that. I was in Lake Powell, so it wasn't in, you know, an office or a doctor's office that I was aware of or anything like that. And so I had all of these hospital bills and they went to collections without me knowing. Okay, so now you fast forward to 21, 22-year-old Shelby, and I get a knock on my front door. And my roommates are like, hey, there's this this person at the door for you. And I'm like, okay. So I walk out to the door, and this person serves me papers, telling me that I have $8,000 that's been sent to collections. And it really scared me. Like, what the heck is collections? Like, what is this, you know, this credit? It was very, it was very scary for me. I was in a position where I had a mentor or somebody else who really helped me work through that and I was able to repair it. But I felt like I had lost before I'd even begun. I was so young. I had, my credit was destroyed. It scared me moving forward in my life. Yeah. I have Dalton in my back pocket and she's been a lot of help, but to those in our audience or anyone who's listening, what do they do if they have a similar story or if, you know, a part of them can relate to anything that I've just said? Right. So it's, we've set up a system that nothing is free. And so you always have to be able to watch out for yourself and protect yourself And always be asking questions um, and understanding what's coming your way. I think that's been my biggest tool. And I think that's what most people actually just need to focus into their financial life is they get in a situation like that and they're afraid to ask questions Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. because you're just caught up in the moment and they're saying all these things and every different field has different lingo that they're throwing at you. Whether it's collections or a car loan or a house, they're going to throw all this jargon at you and you're not going to understand what it means. And so you just say, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's starting with asking questions, right? So when you're put in those situations, it's like, okay, this has to cost money. Where is that money going to come from and what do I need to do? So starting there, when you're in a situation to ask that individual, okay, what do I need to do next before I leave? How do I know that I need, how do I take care of this in the Mm. future? Like when I walk out these doors, what are my next steps? Mm. Even that is the greatest starting point to ask because a lot of people are just expecting it to be handled in a weird way or like car insurance or anything. You just think it's going to like work itself out, right? But just asking, people will answer your questions if you ask them. So for that is, I would say start there. Then really understanding, like, your credit, where you start there is your next starting point. You really have to start your plate with a clean credit score or working towards that, right? So, like, young people, they start, and if you, like you said, you're starting, you know, behind the mark versus at a flat mark. So is flat zero? 
No, so it'll start in the, it goes up to 800, your okay. credit scores. Your credit is just a tool for you to have access to money. It is, mm. if you want to get loans, if you're rich and you can pay cash for everything, that's great. Nothing will ever like really go into this credit system. Credit is giving you a number to have accessibility to loans. Okay. So credit cards, or if you need a loan to buy a car or a house, that's when you need a good credit score. That's for most of the world. The world yeah. needs access to these funds, right? Yeah, and right. that number. So if you're starting behind the gate, which you've explained you did as a kid, and a lot of kids do, they don't realize what happens at 18, and they kind of start behind and have to play catch up. Yeah. Yeah. So... Working with that, the biggest thing that you have to do is to get the collections off of your plate. That's like your biggest starting point and starting at zero. So you always want to be able to get yourself out of those collections. And a great tool is Credit Karma. It's something that's free and it gives a lot of information. And I recommend everybody to have it, whether you are behind or trying to excel or whatever it is you always want that number to be good and it's a great resource for anybody is that an app or is that like a website that you like create an account yeah it's an app and a website you can use it on either okay and it's going to tell you what your number is and it's going to tell you if you have anything in collections that you didn't know about where you can go search them down hey I have a loan here and this is what it is and you should be able to track it down which is a great tool okay if you're using that, is that dinging your credit every time? No. Like, so it's Mm-mm. not? Okay. No, that isn't. It's a free resource. It's an, it's a soft pull. It's having accessibility to what's in sitting in there. Okay. It'll tell you if anything's in collections, if you're missing payments on something that's hurting you, it, what yeah. all of your loans are outstanding, what credit cards you have. Um, anything that's outstanding in this little balance and what's working for and against you. Yeah. So mm. y- you can check your deck and check your cards and see what you have. Okay, Ooh, so okay. It would, it's cool. like a neutral resource. Okay, so in right. my mind, there are, like, these good things and these bad things. Right. Like, if I – soft pull is okay, mm-hmm. but hard pull is bad. Right. Can you <laughs> talk – like, what does yeah. – like, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, so looking at credit scores and and manipulating that number is just a game, really, and it's understanding that game and how yeah. to play the game. So like you said, there's soft pulls and hard pulls, and that's why I love Credit Karma so much is because you can click on every item and every item that pulls into your credit, and it will tell you what you need to do and how to improve it. Oh, nice. So it gives you a total breakdown. Um, it says how many accounts do you have, what is in bad it'll be red and if it's good it's green Mm -hmm. so it simplifies everything there for you so evaluating each of those fields there's how many accounts you have what's your credit utilization and the status of your payments those are the ones that hit the most okay um have the highest impact so obviously you want everything to be in a good status so if you have anything collections that's going to be your number one go-to to clear that Okay. Okay. Um, okay, so if you're starting out like, hey, I am going to <laughs> build my wealth and you yeah. and you have like the first thing you gotta do is make sure that you get yourself out of the hole. Yeah. So, clean your slate. Okay. Mm-hmm. So 
if you are out in the hole, you're below the starting point and you need to build yourself up back to that line and start fresh there. Okay. And then you can start growing, right? Yeah. Because it will only hurt you to have something in collections. There's going to be something bad always coming back yeah. and haunting you, It right? continues to, like, take points away from your credit right. score. Mm-hmm. Okay. You'll always be in the red yeah. there. So once you clear that red, but Credit Karma, like I said, you can click there and see how much do I have outstanding. You have to know your rights, too, is... Before something can get sent to collections, you have rights and being able to clear that. Mm-hmm. You can also make a deal with them, oh, essentially. Okay. Oh, like negotiate. You can negotiate your balances because once it goes to collections, they can charge a fee. But you can negotiate payments. Like what's there isn't actually a balance. Like knowing how to advocate yourself. Again, you want to ask them questions. You want to say, how much is my balance? How much of this is the initial balance versus the fees that you're charging me? really diving into what is this that you're making me pay for, right? Because it seems so unknown. They're just throwing it at you to ask questions and saying, if I make bigger payments or smaller payments, how much of this can I knock off? Or how much, what's my interest rate? Just getting the whole spiel from them and really understanding uh, what that is. Okay. Okay. All right. I like this. So, one of the main things that I'm getting from you already is just, like, speak up and ask mm-hmm. the questions. I feel like that's, like, a major mm-hmm. roadblock because, you know, lots of times from my own perspective, like, I feel stupid, like, I should know this already, and you're using words that, like, I don't understand, and yeah. so you just kind of feel stupid, and you're like, okay, I guess I'll just figure this out, like, mm-hmm. I'll just Google this later or whatever, yeah. but one, yeah, something like, I'm the message I'm getting from you already so strong is, like, no, ask the question. If you don't know, ask mm-hmm. right there. Don't put this off or think you're going to figure this out on your own. Use the resources right there, you know, whether that's, like, this company that you're working with that you need to, like, pay off, a, you know, a, a past loan with or something, like, ask them the questions. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then, and then go to Credit Karma and know what you're working with. Know what your deck of cards looks like. Right, yeah. Exactly. I've got an ace in the hole, or I've got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So a question that I have, though, on Credit Karma, if you are in collections and you click on those red balances and you're seeing, you know, let's say $1,200, okay, does that mean that that, is the balance that you owe or that's what the collections is saying that you owe like can you find any truth on your credit karma or do you need to call on those accounts and ask those people you're gonna have to call them and ask them okay and you're gonna that's where you have to ask questions specifically to them because what they report can be different and those balances so really you want to say hey how much do i owe on this balance and how much are you charging me for this Mm. Mm -mm. so really separate that out because the hospital costs one thing but these people are trying to make money off of you too Mm. so and so now i can negotiate now i can say hey i have six hundred dollars right now that i can pay Mm -hmm. would you accept that and they say no how about 800 right and i say okay and then they knock off that other four because that's where the power of negotiation comes in. Right. Okay. Cool. Okay, so what what is a number you're looking at if you're starting behind and what's it what's a good number that like people want to work towards when it mm. comes to credit? Good yeah. question. So a lot of people that are in collections 
or have been at some point are going to be in the four or five hundreds and have to work towards something better. Okay, um, so bad credit is like somewhere around the four hundred score. Yeah. So and the top score is eight hundred okay. that you're working for. It'll give you a scale, and you can go all the way down and then all the way up. And at the top, it's really just playing a game at at that point versus actually building. But once you get out of that hole and you say, okay, how can I build this? And how can I build this number and see it go up? Because that's going to give you power, right? Yeah. When you have that power, people are going to give you lower interest rates, and they're going to give you access to bigger credit cards and bigger loans and essentially quote-unquote trust you with their money to empower you on your next venture right so if you want to buy a car or if you want to invest in yourself or a business or something and you need a loan um, you want that number high in your favor learning how to play that game loans help you as long as you're making payments so you want to show items on your credit in good status so a car payment and making those payments yeah Or if you don't have a loan and you don't feel like you should be having a loan, that's great. That's awesome. Small tools that can help you are credit cards. But credit cards, you have to be using as tools. And you have to be using them as a resource, not something to have money towards. Not like maxing it out. Right. So it it would be like you have a $500 line and you... You have $500 in your account, but you pay with the credit card and then pay off. That, like, is that how you would use it as a tool? Yeah. So that's the funny part is because they want to see that you have access to funds in a credit card. They love seeing that in your score. Okay. But if you don't know those rules, they want to see under 10% utilization in that. So if you have a $500 credit card, they want to see that balance under $50. Okay. To be in your favor. So that's why I'm saying it has to be a tool to help better you. So you should be only getting gas on that credit card and then paying it off because you want to keep it under that 10% mark. Yeah. To start building that score and to start building your number up. Okay. I remember like when I got out of high school, I was like, I'm not going to get into like into debt. I'm not going to have a credit card. Like I'm just going to like use cash only. And I remember Mm kind of got myself into trouble with that because like you don't, there's like then when you want to go buy a house or buy a car they're like you you haven't built up your credit number right so you kind you kind of have to is that true am I misled in that like you kind of have to like you do yeah yeah. if you want access to funds to like buy a house and to buy cars you have to have a strong number there and if you don't have anything there to back up that says I can make a payment and I'm good at making payments they can't trust you that's what they're looking at for their trust in you is that number Mm. so Um, having a credit card is a great tool, but you have to be responsible and own that responsibility. Yeah. Would you say that if anybody has a credit card that like collecting interest on that is not using it as a tool? Right. You should never be paying interest on a credit card. Um, the rates are ridiculous, like 25%. And that's just essentially borrowing money and then paying somebody for borrowing that money you don't want to be paying interest interest is a tool for you or against you so interest in Mm -hmm. investing is a tool for you and interest in debt is a tool against you and you're paying them Mm. that interest so you Mm -hmm. always want to be working with that number 
Um, credit cards, I, you should all, you should never be paying interest with credit cards. So everybody's balance should be at zero mm-hmm. before, because that's how that's how I use my credit card. It's almost like a debit card, right? And it's been one of the most building tools I've used for my credit. Right. So it is a great tool because you're not always going to have a new car or mm-hmm. a house or whatever it is. It's just a tool that's in your back pocket to always be building that you really don't even have to use. You don't have to use it every month. You could use it once every other month or whatever it is, as long as you are playing that game right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It seems so silly, right? Like learning the game to play with yeah. this number. It does feel silly. Because I don't think that we were taught the game yeah. that we're playing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The first the first step is to start with a clean slate. Right. So get on Credit Karma, figure out where where you have accounts and what balances and try to get that paid off. Okay, so now let's say we've done that and now we're like at starting level. Mm-hmm. What would be what would be the next step? Like, okay, I've cleaned up my credit. No, no. Would, would that would that even be how you would phrase it? Like, okay, I have cleared any collections. I am not in any outstanding debt. Right. Okay. So now, how do I jack up that number? How do I increase that number so that people trust me with their money? So this is really just about empowering yourself and your money situation and your plans for your future. That can be so different for everybody, right? Whether you want to buy a new car or you want to work towards retirement or whatever that is, everybody's situation looks so different, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody's plans look different. So you can't really label that next step in a specific way. Like, obviously, you have to have a clean state to start. Yeah. um, And then you can move on. And this is where I think it's really important to plan for your family and what is your family's goal. And then also investing in your present self and your future self and finding that balance and which direction and what buckets do you need to fill. Okay, so what are the the buckets are like vacation this year versus retirement in 20 years? Right, exactly. Okay, okay. All right, help me understand, like, what are some good ways to fill those buckets? So I can use myself as an example. I... Since I've started working, there's great resources for you. So mm-hmm. most businesses have 401ks that you can invest in your yes. future. Okay. Um, I think that's a generalized tool that most people have ac- – well, not most people. A lot of people have access to. And if you don't have access to a 401k, there's things called IRAs, which are retirement funds that are accessible to anybody that you can mm. go online and establish for yourself. Okay. Whether you have a job that's investing in you, which is awesome, or if you have to do it yourself, sometimes that how that's how it works. So a four hundred one k. So do most businesses like put into your four hundred one k and you match that, or they just like kind of start an account for you and you just put money in from your own paycheck every week or every two weeks? Yeah. So that's where again, it's you want to ask those questions and you want to understand yeah. like how to advocate for yourself there. Yeah. Um, if your business is gonna do a four hundred one k, most of the time they won't give you any money unless you're matching it. So they'll mm. say if you put in a dollar, I'll put in a dollar. But if you're not putting in that dollar, they're not going to do that for you. Yeah. Mm. That's where you have to ask the questions. Do you have 
that that's a good question when you're getting a job is are they going to give you a 401k um, that's really in a future investment for yourself and that's um, money in your future pocket which is a great tool to have yeah um, so if you have accessibility to jobs like that that's a really great tool to have yeah okay and if that's not an option then like just going to the bank and opening up, like, is it called a Roth IRA? Like, where, mm-hmm. why did I come yeah, up with that? Yeah, look at you go. Weird word. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember it's like broth, but drop the B. <laughs> with like a Roth IRA, please. Yeah, so they're accessible just online, and you can call in, and you can help establish a Roth IRA, um, and you put money in yourself. This is a tool that's accessible for most people. If you're really wealthy, um, obviously, there's a lot of different things you can do with your money but this is a great resource for everyday people that have an extra 50 bucks that they want to save but they want that money working for them Mm. okay so you're putting in an account that's going to build interest right look at you yes oh that's making sense and so it's working for For you yes okay all right cool i have a question so i worked at target they had a 401k, they matched, I think, like 15%. So they were like awesome. putting in 15%, I was putting in 15%. And then when I quit, then I had to roll that over mm-hmm. to an IRA. And they asked me, like, do you want to tax it now or do you want to tax it later? And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't know. And they're right. like, they. I think the lady at the bank was like, uh, she talked me into like taxing it later, but I still am just like, is that a good, like, I don't know. Like what, what's your, what are your, what's your opinion on that? This is definitely personal preference. Mm -hmm. So that's hard and tricky because you have to choose what's best for you. And that's when like asking the questions is hard. But if I'm going to blanket statement this, Mm -hmm. the Roth option, I guess is my preferred option because, Um, That says, if I put in $100 now, they're going to tax that $100, and let's say now it's $90. Mm -hmm. And if that $90 grows to $10,000 when I retire, that $10,000 is mine, and I only paid $10 in taxes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yes. So. Okay. Rather than I put in $100, now it's growing interest. Now I have $10,000. Now they're going to tax $10,000. $10,000. Right. Okay. Okay. So if I'm going to blanket statement that, that yeah. that's a suggestion. But either is great, right? Another benefit of... No, I don't know. I don't understand how either is great. That's the intention if you want to take out money now or later. Yeah. It's your long-term investment in that money. Mm-hmm. So if you're planning on letting it grow for a long time, yeah. then that $10 of tax is going to be smaller yeah but if you want to pull it out sooner or like right when you hit 55 you're going to take it all out then then it's okay I guess to choose that option yeah so that's where the intention mark comes in yeah um, of seeing it through another reason that I like the Roth option is because you've already paid tax on that that money is essentially yours so if I'm putting money in a Roth IRA that money is mine, and if I need to pull it out, I can. It's a tool that I can fall back yeah. on. Without being penalized. Right. So, like, okay. if you're doing a 401k or a Roth IRA, those are retirement funds that you have to pull out when you're 55 or 55 and a half or whatever the number is mm-hmm. that you have to wait or you get that big penalty. But with a Roth, there's a benefit that if you wait until you're that age, then they won't tax you on those funds. If you pull it out before you retire, you get taxed. You get taxed still, but it's still it's still your money. It's still accessible to you. 
So yeah. you have access to that money that you yeah. put away for yourself. So it's just falling back on a tool, like I said, that interest uh, number is working for you. So if you were to wait to be that 55 and a half, mm-hmm. then you get that $10,000 without being taxed? Yeah, because you've already paid that tax on that $100 when you put it in. Okay. 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 I feel like I need to go to I feel like I need to go to the bank tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> this has been very helpful for me. Thank you very much. All right. So now so we've kind of talked about you clean your slate, you advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. You come up with a plan. Like what do you want your plan to be for your family? How do you how, like what buckets are you putting money into so you like live your best life now and create memories with your family and also have resources in the future for when you retire? Mm-hmm. What is a good, like, what's a good credit score? Like, what should people be working towards? A good credit score is over 700, I would say. That's a good point to be in. That means you're making your payments and everything, they can rely on you. Basically, like, if I have a house payment and I'm paying it every month, that means she's going to pay that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have credit cards and I'm not putting too much money on my credit cards and I'm making payments every month and cleaning those up yeah so then they say okay she's trustworthy yeah so if here's you... your house loan or whatever right yep okay can we talk about the difference between loans because I have student loans I felt tricked <laughs> in some ways because I was I was having a conversation prior and I feel like if I could go back to my freshman college self, I would have told her, whether it's $10 or $50, start paying your student loans now. Right. Mm. That yeah. wasn't told to me. Yeah. they Like, student loans are so great because they're, like, like, such a low interest rate. But, like, as soon as you graduate, does that change? Like, Well, it, like, like that, well, then you start making payments. But, like, when you get a car... You start making payments immediately. Like, you know, yeah. they require you to make a payment. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's required. Mm-hmm. Why is it? Yeah. Like, do, do you understand my question? Like, that yeah. big There's different kinds of loans. Yeah. So, that's just the power in knowing what a loan is and what's principal and what's interest rates and what what are those and what are those working against and what's your payment going towards when you're making a payment. Most people think, hey, I'm making a $500 payment. That's paying off my loan. So essentially you have to start and understand what a loan is and that money isn't free. There's interest and you're paying somebody interest to borrow that money from them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I borrow $20,000 and you give it to me and I make payments to you, but you're making eight twenty. By the end that I'm done paying my loan, I've paid 28000 That's giving you your 20 back plus 8000 8, Right. So when you are paying off something on the terms that they give you, let's say you take a five-year loan, your payment's $500 every month, and you just pay that $500, you're maximizing the interest that you're paying to them. When you pay something off faster towards the principal, that's the other portion. There's principal and interest. Okay. When you're paying something towards principal, that's paying yourself. When you pay an extra house payment and they say, do you want to put this towards interest or principal? Always say principal. Principal is paying yourself. That's mm. what you want to be paying. You don't yeah. ever, if you can buy a car with cash and never pay interest, that's what you want to do, right? Because that's just buying it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Interest is only money you're giving towards somebody else. Okay. So that's when you want to be asking questions. And that's when 
somebody's saying, you don't have to make a payment on this for six months, and then it will, um, and then you can make a payment. Those are the months that you want to be paying because then you're not paying them interest. Any interest? Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. sorry. So <laughs> something yeah. just clicked for me when you were talking. Right. Okay, so get it. That's when you're you're learning the game and learning uh. the jargon that they're throwing at you. I think that's where most people falter is they're throwing you don't have to make a payment for six months. Yeah. Or you don't have to start paying on your student loans until you graduate. Lies. It's all lies. (laughs) It is. They make it sound really fancy. Or if you're going to buy this house, you can finance all of it and you'll get $500 back when we close on this loan. You don't have to put any money down. All of that is just giving them more access to your funds for them to make money. All of that is... For them. For them to make money. All of these are tools and that's where they have to make their money. Those are why banks exist. And that's why you have to learn to ask the questions to know, hey, where is my money going? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when you're going and getting a loan, whether it's a car or a house or you're trying to refinance, that person that you're speaking with, they might seem like they're on your side, (laughs) but they have a different agenda going on. Well, you have to understand that they're a resource to you and they have to make money because they're a business that because they're offering a service and that service costs money. Okay. So really having the understanding of the service, how much is it going to cost you? So when you're refinancing a loan or your house, you say, how much is this going to cost me? How much are you adding in my loan? What are you charging me? Because there is a cost. So ask the question. Okay. Make them highlight it. Whatever you need be to really understand the impact of what you're getting yourself into, start there, ask the question. So maybe that's like the important part, is just realizing that like, just understanding like, oh, this is going to cost me, and and like this is kind of why you shop around, right? Like if I go to this bank, it's gonna cost me $100, if I go to that bank, it's gonna cost me $500. Yeah, that's why you shop interest rates. Yeah, Mm. okay, so just understanding that like, yeah, I will pay for this, and I still think it's worth it, mm-hmm. um, but I'm like the best deal for me in my situation right now is to go with this option. Right. Okay. Or go with this option and then find a way to like make one extra payment every year mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I have one other question. If you follow the terms that they've written for you, so you borrow a, t- a five year loan um, and you make the payments that they tell you, you ha- your payment is $360 a month and you pay that $360 a month, is your loan paid off in five years? Yes, so if you make the said payment every month for your five-year loan, it'll be paid off at the end of five years. That's how they're breaking it down. But you've just given them more money because you've waited that five-year period instead of throwing in, rounding up to $400 a month and closing your loan off early, that would be putting money back in your pocket because you're paying the principal? Right. So if you're borrowing $10,000 for five years and there's a 5% interest rate, you're paying 5% interest on that balance every year. So you're not going to be paying $10,000. You're going to be paying, you know, $15,000 over the course of this time. Okay. I have a tool and I have like a template that I can make accessible to you guys Um, where you pop in your loan, you pop in your interest rate, 
and then you pop in any extra payment, monthly payment that you want to make, and it will tell you how much will you pay over the course of this loan, how fast will you pay it off, mm. and really understanding what that means. So I think an example that we've talked about before is like, hey, I want to refinance my car. My interest rate was so high because I'm trying to build my credit. Mm. And so they're charging me a higher interest rate. And now I'm at a point that I want to refinance it. Or you do that for your house. Yeah. You put in your loan, you put in the new interest rate they're saying, and you're putting in what is that loan going to be? Well, they say it's going to also charge you $5,000 for the fee to refinance. Mm -hmm. So you have to add that in. But... This tool will tell you how much you're going to be paying over time and yeah. really understanding what you're self, getting yourself into is yeah. really important. Um, is it going to be worth it? Because, like I said, people are offering a service and they're trying to make money too. So they're saying your interest rate is how you should refinance, which can be a great tool. But actually, if you're refinancing and they're charging you, it might end up costing you more. Because you're going to pay their... Yep fees right well and that exact experience happened to me I uh you know using Dalton as my resource she's like wow your interest rate is really high on your car loan but I had had my car for x amount of time like I think I only had like a year and a half left on like my car loan and so I wanted to refinance but the refinance had a lower interest rate like that was for sure but compared to what I had left on my loan to what my refinance was, the refinance was going to cost me more money. Yeah. Right. And so it was better for me to just put that $5,000 towards my car loan and continue paying that high interest rate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's like where asking the questions comes in. Because like when I was talking to that sales guy, oh, he was making it feel so nice and good. Yeah. And then I'm sending Dalton these things and she's like no this is not good abort (laughs) abort mission back up back up Um, leave the room yes i think i think people hear the number of what their new payment is going to be and that's where they get caught right yeah you hear this number and it's like oh my gosh my payment's gonna lower five hundred dollars a month yeah and if that is the goal that you're going for is you really need the cash flow for your family to afford things and you really need to lower your payment five hundred dollars a month then then that's great. That's yeah. what you're going for. But you have to understand, mm. um, well, now let's say you're refinancing your house and you need to lower your payment. You've been paying on your house for 10 years, but if you refinance for 30 years, now you're going to have to wait another 30 years. You're not the, yeah. You've already been paying for 10, so you're actually going to be paying for 40 years on this loan. You yeah. have to uh, okay. think of the balance, right? Yeah. And so there's not necessarily good or bad. This is like where your intention comes in right. on... Maybe your focus is being debt-free and my focus is retirement. Right. So that's going to look different mm-hmm. based off of, like, the pawns that we're using. My moves are going to look different than what your moves mm-hmm. are because we're going for different outcomes. Yeah. yeah. So, like, we can use an example that I was talking to you about. My boss loves retirement. He wants to retire when he's like 45 or 50 as soon as possible. We're going to maximize that number that I don't have to work. So he maximizes his 401k, his Roth IRA, any funds that will grow until his retirement. That's his game plan. Yeah. Some people invest their money in their business and some people invest their money in real estate and they see it grow in other ways. There's a lot of ways to do that. There's different tools and resources. So 
my boss specifically loves the retirement route. A lot of people love the real estate route and they see growth there. My tool and my family's goal is to pay off our debts so that we have more cash flow. Yeah. And then I can decide what I want to do with that. Yeah. Do I then want to invest in my future? Mm. Do I then want to invest in retirement or real estate or a fun boat or a toy or where do I want to put that? Yeah. So we focus on how fast can I pay off my loans so that I can be done paying on my house when I'm 30 or 40 and Ooh. start there, right? Yeah. If somebody is like getting ready to like build their wealth, let's say, mm-hmm. what in my mind, I feel like maybe the most important thing is owning a home. I feel right. like owning a home is like a huge, huge tool for like having money in the future, right? Because then you can sell it. And you can, like, I don't know, you can make money from Mm -hmm. this resource that you have. Like, is that, like, a really good way to start building your wealth? Or are there other things that are, like, investments in the stock market? That sounds so (laughs) scary. I can't even, like, say that. Like, like maybe, like, building a portfolio or owning a home or, I mean, like, yeah, what other tools are there to, like, help you build your wealth so that your money is working for you Mm. um, as your, yeah, as your working during your working years that is a super great question and that's Mm -hmm. why you have to plan for the goals of your family and what's most important to you yeah is owning your own space and having a home one of your number one goals for me and my family sure that is Mm -hmm. um and that is something that I want to be able to fall back on I prefer to pay off my house faster because most home loans are 30 years yeah and that means you're making a payment for 30 years and what does that mean for your family and how old will you be when you pay off your house if I refinance um then I have to pay for another and then that means how old am I then yeah so understanding that but a home is really important and and most people value that as important so I think that is a starting point understanding once again your interest and your principal how fast can I pay it off yeah use that template that I will give you guys yeah. pop yeah. in your interest rates how fast can you pay off your house yeah. how fast do you want to pay off your house you know yeah. understanding it and empowering yourself because then your family can feel empowered is this house will be mine in 30 years this house will be mine in 10 years you yeah. know um that feels good and accomplishing and empowering yeah. to really be in control of your life that right? feels that feels safe that feels, feels like right. I have a space right. yeah. to be with my family. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, yeah, that's that's how you feel empowered is you have the things that make you feel secure and mm-hmm. safe for your future. Yep. And when you have, you know, when you're blessed and you have additional options, you have additional funds is sitting down with your family and saying, you know, what feels safe, what feels like a good risk and what do we want to accomplish, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes things are investing in your future self, so retirement funds, and sometimes things are investing in your present self. I really want a boat, you mm-hmm. know? In the next five years, I really want a boat. I'm going to save for that. I can put more money down. I can pay less interest, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I have the resources, I have a good credit score, and I'm going to use a loan, and I'm going to buy the boat now, right? Yeah. But finding a balance is I can afford a boat now and I'm going to pay a little bit of interest and that's okay with me because I really want this to invest in my family and our time and our quality time together. Yeah. And I think that's really important. That's great. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't feel bad about that. Yeah. My boss, 
who is obsessed with his retirement, would say, that's bad, you should save, (laughs) and only buy the boat with your cash, because he is always investing in his future self. Yeah, okay. So just knowing that balance and what feels good to you, what makes you feel safe. Everybody's going to feel different, right? Yeah. And other people are going to value different things. Like, a lot of people value the real estate market, and they want to say, hey, I am making money with houses and I know that it's going to grow and I know that that money is going to come back to me. Um, But that also includes different responsibilities, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's tools like retirement funds that we've talked about, but there's also, like you said, investing in stock, stock options and having a portfolio. And you can talk to wealth managers and go talk to local people or there's big funds, you know, like Charles Schwab or big companies like yeah. that online that you can go to. But there's always local companies yeah. that can help you do that. And they'll, because obviously like not everybody knows where to put their money and how to yeah. invest right. it. And so that seems really intimidating. So there's these people um, that can help you, but again, you want to ask your questions. How much are you going to charge mm, me for yeah. this? What interest are you going to charge me on my growth? Or are you going to charge me a flat fee every year to manage this? Knowing um, that piece is always going to help you. Just to be able to ask the question, whether you have no money and you're talking to a collector, you're talking to an investor, right? Mm. Is saying, how much is this going to cost me? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Damn, Dolly, that was good. <laughs> love that (laughs) whether you have no money or you have a lot of money asking that question is critical yeah Yeah. you have to be your your advocate and yeah you know sometimes that's the thing that I think they get you with money is most people do feel intimidated by that Mm -hmm. or feel judged by asking questions Mm -hmm. but you Mm -hmm. have to ask the ask the questions to advocate for yourself and that comes in any aspect of your life right like your relationship or anything that money comes down to asking the questions too how is this going to help me how much is this going to cost me and as long as you feel comfortable and empowered and you feel like you understand that then that knowledge is the power and that is the comfort and that's how you can start building yourself and feeling confident in your money situation yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what happens, you know, you're buying the fun things or you've got the house and you're really trying to fill your buckets and your, I guess, journey or what feels most important to you. But when do you know you've done too much? You've spread yourself too thin. Maybe you're a little in over your head. What happens in those scenarios? So this is when you have to circle back again. I think it's so important to circle back with your spouse and be on the same page um, and your or your partner or whatever is, is knowing where do you sit and how are you going to get yourself out? And if that's good or bad, right? So like we just bought a boat and how are we going to make this boat ours? Or I think we're getting in a little deep and what's our game plan, right? So mm-hmm. getting on the same page because if you and your partner are on different pages, you're not going to be accomplishing the goal that you guys are working towards, right? Okay, okay. So let's start with how deep are we in this pool? Are our toes in or have we jumped in? Yeah, we we jumped in headfirst and now we're trying to get the heck out. Yeah. Okay. So this is when you want to be, and you should always be this, no matter what stage you're in. If you're dipping your toes or you're already in too far, you have to look at what's your 
monthly income and be really regulating on a budget and that's super important right Mm. um is understanding yes it will it will always come back to a budget and understanding how much money am i getting every month and what buckets do i have to fill up right so can i afford to go get my nails done my hair done and all the fun things and go to the movies 10 times a month can i do that when i'm making a payment on my house mm. and my boat and my credit cards because I've accidentally spent too much on my credit cards because I really wanted something fun, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And now you're collecting interest on that because right. you didn't you're make paying your... interest on that. Yeah. Yeah. Someone else is collecting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Okay. okay. So start with your budget. What are your debts? How are you paying those debts off? Are you paying them off at the minimal Or do you say, hey, I have a little bit of extra money and I want to get rid of those. Like, I really want those off my plate because if I get those off my plate, I'm stepping out of the water a little bit more. I will feel a little bit more freed if I don't have to make a payment Mm. on that car anymore. Okay, so I'm almost seeing like my future self and my present self. Mm So I feel I'm a little in too deep and I realize that maybe I'm investing a little too much in my present self. Like maybe I don't need those nails Mm -hmm. or I don't need that extra movie night because my future self would greatly appreciate having this loan paid yeah. off. Okay. And you should also understand is when you are taking out a loan, you are committing to that loan for that period of time and at that low payment. So you have to pay the car for $500 a month for five years. You're committing to that unless you come up with funds ahead of time. Like, oh my gosh, I got a $1,000 bonus. Can I pay it off faster? So you are committing to that amount of time. Can mm. I commit to something for that long at that price, right? Do I feel comfortable with that? How does that feel? Does that feel empowering and I have the money? Hell yeah, I'm buying that car because I know that I can do that mm-hmm. no matter what comes up. Like, yeah, I will feel fine if I don't get my nails in or I can afford both. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for you, you yeah. know? And balancing those, right? So... Look at your pool. Look how much money is coming in every month. Look, Consider th- your bonuses that you're going to get at the end of the year or your commissions or whatever you're getting, right? How much money you're going to get throughout the month. Look what's going out every month. Where can you afford to put more? I need, you know, I really want to get some things off my plate, so I'm going to pay off my debts faster because that means I won't have a $500 payment anymore, and then I can do mm. things faster, right? Because that feels great too, right? Like, oh my gosh, if I don't have a car payment and I have $500 more a month, that's going to feel really good. It feels so much better for yeah. me. To yeah, like, that. oh, okay. that's a breath of fresh air. That feels like that would be a big relief, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. then that's where you should be putting your money. And that's why you have to just ask yourself the questions, what's going to make me feel better? What's going to make me feel less pressure? And evaluating that because I think it's easy to get caught up in that I really want to look good and I really want the new clothes or I really want the new car. And you're saying, yeah, that $300 payment is great, but does that feel good for that amount of time? Mm -hmm. Or um, can I pay it off faster? Um, Circling back with your family of like what's important, right? Yeah. What happens if like you circle back and it changes a little bit? Yeah, it's always going to change, right? Um, It's going to fluctuate. And that's where you have to recircle. I recircle. And I would say that me and my husband sit down and reevaluate like heavily every couple months. Like, I don't want to say sometimes we wait six months before we have a big talk or sometimes it's every two months and we have to reevaluate. You know, it's like, 
okay, I bought a car two years ago, but now we have kids and now we have this and we have daycare and we have all Mm -hmm. these things. We sit down and we say, hey, like that car payment felt really good, but now we need to recircle because that doesn't feel so good anymore. How can we pay it off faster? How can Mm, we say, I don't need that budget for my hair. I'll hurry and put that towards the car for a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, What are your goals? What's going to make you feel better? So recircling and you're going to have you're going to have waves, you know. And it doesn't always have to be bad. Maybe no. you're recircling because you've gained more of an income. Exactly. Like, and you're like, "Oh, I have I have more cash flow. Do I feel good <clears throat> using it for my present self or do I want to pay off that boat?" Exactly. Okay. If you get a big chunk of money, that's really like if I get a bonus, I feel like I reevaluate actually in good scenarios more than I evaluate in bad scenarios. And bad scenarios is usually when you're feeling desperate, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're just uh, feeling overwhelmed. You usually want to be reevaluating when you're feeling good, when more money is coming in. You know, that's yeah. when yeah. you want to be recircling and saying, "What do I want to do with this?" Yeah. If I get a thousand dollars. It's exciting. And that thrill comes in and you really are like, oh my gosh, I'm going to treat myself, you mm-hmm. know? And yeah, that's really important. You should. But what does treating yourself mean, right? Yeah. Does mm. treating yourself actually mean your present self? Or like, is paying off that car going to actually treat yourself and you're going to feel really good about that, you mm. know? Yeah. 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 Well, even like looking at that, in ways too it's like do you really want to make that thousand dollar purchase because you just barely got this money or taking that five hundred dollar loan off you might get a thousand dollars faster right like yeah if you're paying five hundred dollars a month and you pay that loan off well now you have six thousand dollars a year or more for yeah. yourself instead of just that thousand yeah 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 and budgets are hard like People think that budgets are really easy and you can always stick to your budgets um, and you have to find a system that really works for you. Sometimes there's apps. There's great apps available to you. I've used Mint and it's a great app for budgeting. But I'll be honest, budgets are not my jam. Budgets, it's hard for me to stick to a budget and say, you know, I only spent $100 on fun things this month and going to the movies or whatever it is. That's not my jam. I don't thrive there. I don't do good there. And so how I do it is I invest in my future self before I see that money come into my account. I've made rules that I can survive on this money that comes into my account, but I've already paid my future self Mm. before I see this money. So then... Okay, so this is like the 401k or like mm-hmm. as you're getting paid, money's going specifically into a different account before it drops into your checking. Right. So I know that I'm not super great at budgeting. Mm-hmm. So what I've done is I set aside money for my 401k or my stocks or or my IRAs that I've set mm-hmm. up that I know that money is coming out. Yeah. I know that I'm making goals for my future self there. And then when that money comes into my account, I know okay, this is what I'm working with. Yeah. And then the loans and everything else are something that I can evaluate um, on a monthly basis, but I at least know that I'm paying my future self. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Because that's hard, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's hard to get $1,000 and then say, well, I'll just take $500 of this and, you know, go put this in my 401k or my Roth IRA or whatever. Yeah. It's hard. That is hard (laughs) to tuck it away. (laughs) So... Like, let's be realistic, you know, and set up systems that really work for you and know your strengths and know your weaknesses. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Ooh, I love that. Ugh. 
that's self-love. That is. That's like self-awareness and that's self-love. Mm-hmm. Um, I see you, girl. Go get your nails done. I already put some money in your 401k, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you have to know and you have to be realistic. You have to really know yourself and like admitting that is your like starting point, right? Is yeah. I don't understand anything about credit cards. So what should I not do? I shouldn't go get a huge credit card if I don't understand <laughs> credit cards. Like yeah. just be realistic with yourself. Yeah. Like I don't understand. And you'll honestly find somebody in your life that does understand and isn't going to judge you if you ask that question. So mm. If you're in a boat where it's like, oh my gosh, I went to Old Navy and I started that credit card because they were like, I'll get $200 off. Okay, well, you should probably think about it, ask the question before you just open the card Mm -hmm. and then maybe go back, you know? Like whatever boat you're in, if you feel overwhelmed or they're throwing numbers at you and they're like, you can lease this car and make these small payments, think about it, go ask somebody in your life about what a lease is and what that means or what a credit card is and what that means and then go back. You'll find yeah. someone that understands yeah. or Google will understand. Yeah. And then you can go back. It's not like that option is taken away from you. Sure. sure. You can always go back. Yeah. Oh yeah. They'll I like that. They'll they'll, they'll be they'll, happy you came yeah. back. Yep. <laughs> they'll still be like, cool. Yeah. Come sit down, sign right here. Exactly. Like you go to buy the car, you walk out the door and you come back in and then you just got a better deal. Yeah. Right. So don't get in ahead and make sure that you feel like you're in charge of the situation. Mm-hmm. You want to feel in charge. This is your money. You are in charge yeah. no matter what that is. Feel empowered. Feel empowered to ask questions. Don't feel dumb to ask questions. Feel yeah. so empowered. Like this is my money they're asking me for my money and where do mm. i want this to go you know like feel good about it okay queen <laughs> yes so i just think that you just have to really advocate for yourself it's always going to come back to that yeah i really like that because it's like a reframe around math you know mm-hmm. like i think like so many people think it's like well and so many people but i i am so many people <laughs> but um, so many people i mean i <laughs> like so it's not necessarily a math game. It's more about knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. Know yourself. Know what you're good at. Know what you're bad at. Know what you want. And also be realistic on maybe things that are holding you back. Like maybe that car loan is a drag, so you got to yeah. pay it off. Right? Yeah. right. It really is about knowing yourself. It really is. I mean money is numbers and you have to circle back to that and looking at your pool and calculating those numbers out is just going to be a have to but in the end it's a frame on what makes you happy what makes you comfortable what makes you feel safe what makes you feel happy and excited for the future what makes you feel happy and safe now yeah okay what if we did something a little different? You know, we normally do like that. If you could go back to your younger self, what would you... What if you could go back to younger shelves and she just, like, got the knock at the door, her... Like, she's got, like, a punch in the gut feeling. Oh, yeah. Um, what is that thing, like, for our listeners who are, maybe feel like money is kind of, like, it feels like so... Like, a final game. Like, oh, I'm not doing well. Like, this sucks. Like, I'm in a bad situation. Like, it really does feel kind of hopeless sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Like... 
I've only got this much and I need that much and I want that much and these numbers are not adding up. So for our listeners who feel like that, myself included, for that young Shelves who's got like the punch in the gut, like what would you go back and tell them? I would say that there's time to fix things. It's not over right now. Um, Mm -hmm. Make a plan and make a game plan to set yourself up for success. Mm -hmm. There's time to change things. You have options no matter what that is. We have tools and resources available Mm -hmm. that if you advocate for yourself, you will succeed. Mm -hmm. So ask the questions, how can I build myself up and what do I need to do next to grow and to get those people stop knocking at my door yeah totally you're safe you are capable you're abundant you are strong and smart and you can make changes to help yourself succeed look at yourself and say what do I need to do what what changes do I need to make and really trust yourself And I really, I mean, I really think most people have those options. Mm -hmm. Um, You just have to sit down and look at yourself, look at your situation. It might be slow and it might be fast, um, but you'll get there. It might take you a while, but you'll get there. We just want to share a big thank you to everybody who helped make this episode possible. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Drop into our DMs. You can find us on Instagram at I totally relate pod. Or you can share your feedback and insights with us at I totally relate pod at gmail.com. We totally want to get to know you. See you next time. Peace out. God, you killed it. Oh, Doyle rules.